There was a note from the universe that once said, you know, when you're sitting in a dark room and you decide you want uh, a change of scenery, when you get up and move towards the door or the light switch, are the first few steps in the light or in the dark? Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, happy Monday. Uh, time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions. Actually, today's question came from my daughter last night. Daddy, how do you start a business? Which business should I be in? She's eight years old. Uh, selling lemonade, making cupcakes, uh, doing art. She doesn't know where to begin. Well, I tried to reassure her that there's no need to make such decisions right now, but having been an entrepreneur for the last 33 years, last time I got a paycheck from somebody other than my own company was 1989. Some of you weren't even born then, um, but it's been an amazing ride, but definitely not a ride for everybody. Uh, I think too much glory is associated with the idea of being an entrepreneur to the degree that if you're not, People have painted you into a corner. You're just making somebody else get rich. And that's a bunch of crap. Uh, there's room for creativity, expression, joy, interaction, discovering who you really are in virtually any walk of life. And if that's being an employee, that's every bit as honorable and sacred as being an entrepreneur or self-employed. But I came up with three things for my daughter. First, I had one. I was like, no, I need another. And then another. They're the trickiest but could be the easiest things to start a business. And if starting a business or a side hustle is not for you, well, these three lessons probably will still have great relevance in your life. So I thought, I'll give it a go for the little girl here. Number one, do something you love, okay? Find something you love, which ought to be easy but probably majority of you right now are rolling your eyes. If I only knew what that was, because you've messed with the hows and you've messed with the shoulds and you've been over intellectual about everything, you're waiting for the yellow brick road to show up and it just does not work that way. So here's what you do. You do your best to move in the general vicinity of what you think might eventually make you happy, okay? Knowing that the initial steps may be in darkness. There was a note from the universe that once said, you know, when you're sitting in a dark room and you decide you want uh, a change of scenery, when you get up and move towards the door or the light switch, are the first few steps in the light or in the dark? So it's going to be like that. Do your best to feel where your interests are. You probably know. Do you want to be with people or not? You want to be outdoors or not? You want to be uh, left brain acclimated, rational, logical, right brain activated or led, a little more heart strings. Hey, it's all good. So 
do your best to move in a direction that you like, realizing that direction may not be clear and therefore second best is just do what you can with what you got from where you are. Very, very easy. Okay, anybody can do that. You don't have to know what your love is. Just the best you can do for now. Okay, no matter what path you start out on, it won't be the road you arrive on, as you've heard me say many times before. Number two, uh, find a need. Do something. If you're doing a business or a side hustle, it's for money. Okay, so where is there a need? You can't just say, well, I'm going to do what I want and, you know, whisper to unicorns all day long. That's not going to work, all right? If you're doing this for a business or a side hustle, where is there a need, a desire that you could fill? Okay, and it doesn't matter if the market is dense or it's light. You can kind of consider those options as long as you're moving in a direction that will ultimately likely pay out happiness. Let it be with some thought. In this business of Tut, um, which became uh, strictly my writings and my teachings at the year 2000, 10 years, 11 years after its launch, uh, I just kind of dabbled in a lot of different things. None of them were my thing, uh, but I was always mindful. Like, what do I think people want? What do they need? How are other people in this realm uh, monetizing their efforts? Because I was sending out free emails and that wasn't cutting it. Then I did, uh, I learned affiliate marketing. Marketing. Then I did an online shop with t-shirts and souvenirs. Then I did speaking. Then I did self-published books. And it all just kind of parlayed into something much bigger. But in the beginning, it was timid, self-doubting steps. But at least they made sense going in a direction where other people have gone in a general sense and been able to make their hobby self-sustaining. That's what we're doing. We're, we're just dancing with life and we don't need to call it uh, W-O-R-K, work. It, it's just like my interaction. Okay, okay, let me move on. The third and final, and this is also uh, surprisingly missed uh, by both people who work with others like an employee or entrepreneurs who are just starting out. They don't do the best they can with what they've got from where they are. They don't apply themselves. They don't show up. They don't work hard. You want to be the early bird. You want to be, yes, I can do that. Uh, I remember I used to write these notes, uh, emails from Mike back in the day, Monday Morning Motivators. And I would, even though they were free, if it wasn't really to the best of my ability where I felt like, oh, that's good, that's good then I would never send it. And that created sometimes hours long um, involvement. But you know, if you wanna be a self-published author or ultimately authored by, uh, published by a big house or start your own donut factory or some, sell lemonade, let it be the best to your ability. You don't have to be the best in the world. Oh, forget that. But just to the best of your ability. Too many people have the idea, when this starts working, when I can see a payoff, then I'm going to give it everything. That day, that day will never come. You need to be giving it everything. And then all of a sudden it's, it's clicking and working because you were fully present. Now you don't have to do this full time. You can do it part time. But in the hours you allocate per week to this endeavor, 
Let them be golden. Let yourself be strong. Make sure that you're as fresh as possible. You might have a job and you're making a transition and it's not easy to be as fresh as possible. Writing your book or business plan uh, after the kids go to bed or on the weekend. Just do the best you can. My mom wrote her books. Uh, she was a secretary. I wrote The Beginnings of Infinite Possibilities before the audio program when I was selling t-shirts on a sidewalk. So those three things are daunting, overwhelming, painful, and ugly. Unless you change your perspective, you remember what's involved, what's in it for you. You remember you don't have to pick the yellow brick road. Just get going. Just get going. Um, Go in a direction that makes sense logically to create a self-sustaining business model. And be there fully present. Do your best. Um, And thy kingdom or queendom shall come. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, time for a spiritual tune-up. All right, feeling guilty about what I have not done. Mike, how do I deal with the guilt of not having worked, been productive, or taking action daily? Guilt is one of the most insidious, debilitating feelings you could choose from. And all feelings like that are choices. But let's kind of parse away the probable reasons you are feeling guilty and putting them, holding them up in the light of truth, they will dissolve and go away. You have every right to be joyful and proud right now. Okay, this applies to all of us. You might be feeling guilty if you have goals, dreams, you feel behind on. You might be feeling guilty if you are comparing yourself to others. Or you might be feeling guilty if you haven't been enjoying the meantime. The time between today and the life of your wildest dreams being made manifest. All right, so let's parse those. Let's put those together. First, guilty if you have goals you feel behind on. The reason you are blessed with your dreams, your desires, and your goals is to get out into the world. So it's like you can't be behind on a goal. And, and I, I'm splitting hairs here. Yeah, I know you want it yesterday. But the point is, the reason you wanted it was to discover what it would make you become as you went out into the world. And going out into the world, you find out your strengths. You find out your fears. You deal with your fears. You make a best friend. You fall in love. Someone falls in love with you. And it's not about the goal or the dream any more than it getting you out of the house. And so get out of the house and stop measuring your progress. And this came up just a few days ago based on your manifesting results. Measure your progress based on new ideas, new friends, new feelings. And this doesn't mean we're not going to care about our dreams. You're going to continue to care about your dreams, but you will discover that you can be happy in the journey, that you can be happy prior to the manifestation. Do not put off your joy for the manifestation because there's always going to be something else that you want to manifest. And so your joy will be forever on the back burner. So overall, stop measuring your progress based on results. Start measuring it based on ideas, friends, experiences, okay? Then you have license to enjoy. Number two, are you comparing yourself to others? 
my mother used to say, and I think she got it from a famous quote, you know, comparisons are odious. Odious, that means disgusting. They assume all other things are the same. You know, you're making a comparison of your progress to manifesting health or pain-free living or a travel partner. And you're comparing it to people who have health, a travel partner, but you're not seeing what they don't have that you have. You're not, you're thinking that all other things are the same. Nothing, nothing is the same. It's impossible to compare. It's like comparing a tree to a lion. It's like you can't compare. Do not compare yourself to other people. As somebody famous once said, I forget who, maybe you can help me out. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. So what do you do? You stop comparing. You start realizing that you've got your own lions and tigers and bears that they didn't have to contend with. And you're making progress, whereas they took the shortcut or somebody gave them it the easy way. Stop comparing yourself to others. Your journey is the divine's one and only chance to see through your eyes, to hear through your ears, to feel with your heart. This is worth celebrating. This is worth reveling in. This is why the universe wanted to be who you are. So don't be comparing who you are to somebody else. Be yourself. Number three, you might be feeling guilty if you didn't enjoy the meantime. This is similar to the first one. If you were putting off your happiness for other things. Well, without regard to enjoying the journey inspired by the dream, perhaps, as you said, you're not even going on a journey. You're waiting around for stuff to happen. Assess the other elements of your life. Assess the intellect. Assess your deep thoughts. Assess your unique perspectives. Assess and appreciate the movies or the TV shows or the music that you like. Okay, downtime is as critical as uptime. And being down or being on the sidelines sometimes is exactly what you needed after a, a difficult time as a child, after prior challenging past lives. Who knows? You needed to get grounded. And you've been getting grounded. And because you've been getting grounded by doing nothing except thinking, wondering, studying. Now you're into metaphysics. You know about the law of attraction. Hey, you wanted to wait until you, until you understood the truth about reality. Good on you. Too many people run out there like a chicken with their head cut off trying to make stuff happen, micromanaging. And they get so demoralized, they'll never have the confidence you have now been instilling. So celebrate that you have been gathering and gathering and gathering. Don't berate yourself. Don't compare yourself. Don't be impatient. You have been gathering and gathering your strength and your stamina because you know deep down this will make possible the greatest foundation for you to blast off in a flurry of activity and joy and love, thrilled with the journey as much as you will be with the inevitable imminent arrival of your destination. So, hey, Whatever it is that's making you feel guilty, you can tear it apart, bring it down, and see things another way. And stop feeling guilty because it's not doing any good for anybody. And start celebrating the awesomeness that you are. Okay, there's nothing you're supposed to be doing other than just being here and you're doing a great job at that. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, time for a spiritual tune-up. This is another topic on guilt. Yesterday it was 
feeling guilty about not doing enough stuff to move, move towards your dreams. And I hope I uh, was able to take that guilty wind out of your sails. Now, here's another topic that's quite common. I, I've wrestled with it myself. Uh, Mike, I've done this metaphysical work for years and still can't do what I know I should. I want to do it. I have every intention, but then it abruptly stops after a short while. For example, meditation, gratitude journal, exercise, writing, all things I think I love. How can I be a part of this journey when I continuously fall off the wagon? Oh, you don't give yourself enough credit that you care to even ask that you're wondering what's going on. Oh, you've got it all downhill from here. Let me share with you why. First off though, we want to change perspectives here because as you have listed these rituals, these modalities, meditation, gratitude journal, exercise, writing, they almost sound like chores. You know, like I'd rather go walk the dog, but I need to write in my gratitude journal. Uh, anything that is a chore is not going to bring overall peace of mind. All right. I mean, there's a place for discipline and that'll come up in the remainder of my talk. But, but, but please don't make meditation something that's on your to-do list. Okay. You got to realize that so many people live lives of joy. You might know some in your neighborhood, some family members, a school teacher, a mom, uh, maybe somebody that's well-known. Uh, that's not important at all. So many people live lives of joy. And so many people have personal spiritual breakthroughs, perhaps even to the degree of self-realization and enlightenment on a really grand scale who never had a visualization practice, who never knew how to write, much less have a gratitude journal, who never spent time meditating, okay? You don't have to do any of those things. It's not like that's the gate, those the pearly gates. If you can meditate, gratitude journal, and visualize, then you will be allowed to proceed. Until then, you're gonna have to grovel. No such thing. Do not think that these are rites of passage. Well, that's even worse than thinking that they're a chore. You do not have to go there. Just look at the examples around. And one that just came to my mind as I was powering up my computer after reading this question is the biblical tale, the biblical tale of Saul, S-A-U-L, on the road to Damascus. When he was filled with just piss and vinegar, ready to go you know, get into some real serious violence. And he heard voices that brought him to his knees and brought him to tears. And there was revelations and understanding, spontaneous illumination. This did not happen sitting lotus style on top of a cliff or at the beach or in total solitude. The guy was a raving lunatic. And that brings to mind uh, a book I comment on frequently, Ramtha. The White Book by Ramtha, R-A-M-T-H-A, one of the best books in the world. Read the beginning of that book when Ramtha talks about, if I can reach enlightenment, you can reach enlightenment. He said, I reached enlightenment with a bloody sword. 
hacking, chopping, and beheading my way to the top. Now, this is no advocation for any bad behavior, okay? But to think you have got to get there by sitting lotus style, calm and easy, burning incense and wealthing swage sage all around is, is not true. And you're torturing yourself. Uh, it's just perhaps that we can meditate, tune in, connect with our highest self, have a conversation with the divine in some rather unconventional ways. And it doesn't mean you need to follow somebody else's way, that you need to have a vision board, that you must visualize, that you must meditate. For me, I can think of my moments of enlightenment, my moments of like breakthrough, aha, OMG, and I get them all the time. They come from me actually thinking and wondering about something in the midst of doing other projects, gardening, going for a walk, walking my dog, going for a run, exercising, or just staring out the window in deep thought, completely not recognized as a spiritual practice. Definitely not conventional meditation where you are to stop your thoughts from flowing in, in many ways. Uh, ways that it's taught and visualization and nothing like that at all. I'm just thinking like, what the hell? What gives? Damn it, I want to know. And I think and I think and I think and goodness gracious, I get answers. And so if you're trying to meditate, visualize or do a gratitude journal based on uh, something that's not organic to you, if you're trying to follow some conventional means is what I'm saying, it's probably not going to work. You need to do it your own way on your own time uh, to the best of your ability. Okay. And so what else, what else? Furthermore, final point for you, don't discount what you've already done. Sometimes you're really good at the gratitude journal, meditation, visualization. You said you think you love it. And then you take a break. The break is important. And let that break be for six months and then dive in for one week. Then take five months off. Then dive in. Don't think that ground hasn't been covered. Give yourself credit for everything that you do and everything that you don't do. Everything is here for you. It's all leading to your growth and glory. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions to the general public and to my Infinite Possibility members. Today's questions, I'm drawing on two, reflect a lot of the, the same kind of question that I get about being married to someone that's the opposite of you. And will that affect your manifesting? How to deal with it? Mike, what do you do when you are really working for your best life, but the person you're married to is the most negative and unbelieving person imaginable? I try to ignore it, having tried to share my findings and being shunned, but it is sad and disheartening. Next question. My husband has been depressed for a large portion of his life. He suffers from deeply rooted trauma. I, on the other hand, am full of life, following my dreams, working on myself and my spiritual growth. He sees me doing all these amazing things, but it doesn't help him in any way. I'm just wondering, and this is the question, with us being a couple, could his outlook and energies be affecting the manifestation of my goals in any way? 
in the teeniest, tiniest of ways, yes, you have absolutely nothing to worry about. But here's this wild dynamic. We hear this all the time, especially in metaphysical circles, like attracts like. But then we, uh, we marry the person who's absolutely opposite of us. No, this does not apply to me, but it's so commonly heard and said out there. And then we hear from romantic circles, opposites attract. Well, which is it? Like attracts like or opposites attract? Um, the best I can do to slice through that before getting to how to deal with it is to just offer that at a core, deep essence level, really deep level, it is those who vibrate, if you will, with a similar resonance that we are attracted to. But how they actually manifest their resonance may be very different than what you manifest because there's so many other things that go into character and personality. One might be left brain driven, the other right brain driven, the one might be A type, another might be very passive. So we get this hodgepodge of, of relationships. And, and what's important though, is not thinking about, are we similar? Are we different? What's important is realizing from the highest of the highs, as if divinely orchestrated in the heart and mind of divine intelligence of God, you two were brought together. Now, religions will usually say this was done in the eyes of God. This was made uh, in the likeness of God. God brought these two people together. None of that's true. Um, but the God within you, which is the highest of the highs, met with and colluded and brainstormed with others of like bearing or complementary lessons. And the two of you in this way were brought together because there's so much to learn. And life is more about learning juicy stuff that will lead to greater joy than it is manifesting the same stuff. Now, not that you can't go manifest what you want and they can't go manifest what they want as long as it's not diametrically opposed. If one wants to live in Mississippi and the other one wants to live in North Dakota, well, you're going to have to compromise or buy a home in each state. And that could be true in a number of manifestations. But your commonalities are far greater than your differences. No matter what shows up, no matter the depression, no matter the dream and the drive, it's all complementary. This does not mean you must stay together indefinitely. This does not mean that they need to come around or you need to come around. Continue to be as you are. Uh, enjoy the, the things that brought you together in the beginning. That person that lit you up, that you proposed to, or that you said yes to, that's still there. He or she is still there, shy, vulnerable. They came to you scared and you said, well, I'm going to think and dream for both of us. And now you get halfway down the path and you haven't manifested yet. It's not their fault. It's okay. You're going to do it. No one can hold you back. No one can keep you from joy. No one can keep you from abundance. No one can keep you from health. No one can keep you from self-confidence. And these things breed upon one another so that you live a life where every cup is overflowing with that partner beside you who seems to be so totally opposite. Now, things could be going really well in a relationship, but there's just no joy. And so when the vibration truly changes, you will know it. And it's up to you to be honest with yourself. But at the first sign of trouble, 
or dysfunction. That does not mean run to the hills. I remember reading a book by Eric Butterworth, Discover the Power Within You, and very eloquently stated that sometimes we have the most to gain and the most to learn and the greatest on-ramp to joy through challenge and adversity in relationships. So just when the relationship is about to pay really big dividends and you're going to learn about yourself as this person who's totally opposite you is pushing your buttons, you don't want to leave. No one enters a relationship and no one came to planet Earth just for easy street. Okay? We came from easy street. We were everywhere always at once. We thought of it, we got it. We wanted to be something, we were it. Everything was spontaneous and we wanted to fleetingly believe in the illusions for the adventure of it, to overcome the, the fear, to overcome the self-doubt, to bask in the glory. As I've said a million times, better than getting to the top of the mountain is getting there after first having been lost. And so this is a great place to come, planet Earth, time and space, to get lost. And that doesn't mean everything's wrong. It means everything's right. And if your partner's ex the absolute opposite of you, yet they're your partner, there's something really wonderful there. And when you're really sure, no, that's not true anymore, well, then go on your own way and start over. But don't do so hastily. Let there be some space. Let there be some independent growth. Let there be some journeys on your own that... You don't have to march and lock step with your partner. Maybe you should approach the relationship slightly differently. We all know those married couples where there's just like completely different people living completely different lives. They sleep under the same roof and they get along really great. Hey, try that out for a little while. You are together for a reason. Chances are great. The reason still exists. Make the best of it. That doesn't mean you have to. Nothing. You don't have to do anything. Um, and fear not that their issues can stop you from living in joy, abundance, health, and harmony. You can have it all, okay? Don't point fingers in that regard. Fellow adventurers, see them, love them, allow them, set them free, uh, however it moves you. And thanks so much for these great questions and letting me uh, get off on them like I do. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple We've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.